Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and sitting across from me, the one, the only, our ray of sunshine, Mr. Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back. Thanks, Kevin. It's always good to be here. Looking forward to our discussion today. Yeah, well, Ray, I'm going to have... Uh, we, we've taken a break from, as usual, we can't do a series no. all at once. <laughs> no. So we're, we're taking a break from the, the series on un questioned answers Good job. i've got that all right the book unquestioned answers by jeff myers and we want to address everything that's going on right now in the world and i don't think we, we can avoid that i don't want to avoid that mm-hmm. and so last week uh we aired a message i heard from uh, bishop michael cole over at the family worship center here in beloit and this week well, i'm going to have you introduce our guest this week sure i'm happy to have uh with pastor michael bell um, Michael and I have gotten to know each other through uh, working together on the African American Liaison Advisory Committee for the Janesville Police Department. And uh, you know, Michael has uh, associate pastor at one of the churches here in town. I forget the name. Zion Baptist. Church. Church. Zion Baptist. Just literally down the street from where we are right yeah, now. Yeah, well, I know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went there to hear him preach one time. And, uh, you know, there's, there's something cool about the uh, African-American worship experience, and uh, I enjoyed that day immensely. have to go back sometime. But anyway, Michael is uh, probably at the forefront of a lot of the racial justice issues in Rock County. And uh, so that's why we asked him to come along today and uh, share with us uh, his perspective. Because you and I, you know, we can talk about it, but and we can try to empathize, but... We haven't had to deal with it. Right. And that's why, I, I, last week I mentioned, this is a podcast, this episode, um, I'm here to ask questions and not make statements. Mm-hmm. I, I found in this issue, that's probably the best perspective for me to take, um, is to learn and not to pontificate too much. Which, Ray, as you know, that's hard for me to do. Uh, it's hard for you to pontificate? No, you do that all the time, man. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's hard for me not to pontificate. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, Michael, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about um, your ministry there at New Zion. Well, we, me being from my background, I uh, did drugs, alcohol, and in jail and prison, and um, I seen it being a need. Yeah. I seen um, um, realizing what I had been through and all that. I just considered that um, people don't have to live that way and help them to realize that. Yeah. And to be able to install the hope in them and to be able to allow them to um, uh, live successfully just like everyone else. Um, the big thing about society nowadays is a lot of people don't have hope. Yeah. So they continue to uh, do the same old things they've been doing because they may not have the understanding of it or may have had to learn behavior or what have you. But uh, from that, from my background and um, seeing it continually going on, we started what we call in-touch outreach. Hmm. The in-touch part is connect with people, men and women in jail and prison, and being able to form a relationship with them. And I go into the Rock County Jail and teach Bible study with yeah. them. I go into the Juvenile Detention Center also to um, encourage and motivate uh, the youth that's there. Hmm. And uh, I was... Uh, uh, teaching Bible study at the Gibbs Men's Shelter. I no longer do that now. Like I was telling Ray, as he knows, my plate is full. Yeah. And also with open and transition living place. But um, that's some of what I do. 
and also I'm connected with a, a nationwide organization called Gamilia. Gamilia deals with a lot of uh, racial justice issues mm -hmm. and things like that and try to uh, apply that. Uh, Gamilia is connected with uh, 21 different states mm, yeah. in the United States. And they also have what we call uh, Justice Old Colony Boards here in Beloit, which is an uh, affiliate of uh, Gamilia. And uh, Wisdom, that's in Madison, and uh, Milwaukee is uh, Mecca. Hmm. You know, just trying to work together to uh, uh, make the changes. Also have been in Madison um, speaking with the representatives and senators to um, uh, encourage them to, uh, well, first of all, help them understand the, the problems and issues with the yeah. communities. To encourage and motivate them to uh, make some law changes. That's what we want to talk about today. We want to learn more about this because, as Ray said, we don't we don't live this. Right. Though, in a sense, we we do, but we don't. We don't experience it. But it's it's not like this is happening um, in a foreign community somewhere. This is part of Beloit's part. This is part of life in general. And it's weird to um, to think. I don't have some of the same experiences as my neighbor does, though we do live in uh, the same area. It, it, I, I'm, I don't well, know if I'm making it, sense especially here. for someone like me who grew up in Janesville back in the day, there was no racial issue because there was nobody else but people like me, white, you know. Yeah, and, back uh, in the day, Janesville used to be a sundown town. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, and don't get caught in Jamesville while being black at night. Right, mm. and uh, and that and that I gathered from our discussions at the uh, the liaison committee that that's still part of the mindset some of, of some of the yeah. people that would have to deal with that, and it, you know, I mean, Janesville has made great strides. I think. Uh, Yes. Chief Moore has done an excellent job sure. of trying to do that. Apparently, the chief here in Beloit too. They're really doing their part to try to ease this problem that's in the news again with the police officers mistreating black men. I, you know, they they make a a concerted effort to not have that happen. And if somebody slips through the cracks as far as an officer, they're gone as soon as it becomes a problem. But, you know, how do you, how do you address that? How do you try to, you know, the, the reactions, you know, you got peaceful protesting, but then you've got rioting that's coming from it. You know, it sort of reminds me of the 60s, mm -hmm. which, I mean, again, all I did was watch that on television. I never was really, anywhere near that but how do how do we go about changing the climate changing the narrative that we're, we're getting about this well I believe um, if we allow each other to understand one another more and continue to build relationships and work together things change um, I realized the fact that racism started from our uh, fear mm. uh, a lot of whites feared that the black would take over their positions and um, uh, uh, take over their homes for whatever reason. Um, um, uh, African American could be killed for just reading a book, yeah. you know. 
So they always wanted to keep the African Americans at a, a status quo of um, not having to understand the learning and things because they felt like they would take their positions. And from that fear, it led to hate. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we have here today is racism because of that. Mm -hmm. But you know how we deal with it is continually work together and bring understanding to others. Yeah. You know, to be able to make the changes. Because we have what we call white privilege. Right. Mm -hmm. White privilege is some people just figure that, well, it's me and uh, uh, the blacks may not deserve it and, and we deserve this and pretty much everything that goes with it, you know. And uh, white privilege also goes along with uh, lack of understanding of really what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, it starts from the head to the bottom because a lot of our government, just like with Nixon, um, we had a movie that uh, Justice Overcomer Borders played, and it was called, I just tried to call and get the name, but it was where it was war on drugs. Yeah. But the it wasn't really war on drugs, it was war on the black communities. Hmm. And from that, it just carried on to Bill Clinton and yeah. continued on through. And, um, the crime bill. Yes. And that's why so many African Americans are locked up now. You know, and that's why so many African Americans don't graduate now. Yeah, it was a strategic plan to take down African Americans. You know, and uh, the only way to deal with that, we, I don't allow myself to be angry. Yeah, because I know things can change. Things has changed. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's we have to get out there to be able to make the changes. Yeah, you know. Uh, as I said before, a lot of people don't have that hope, yeah. you know, but we have to remember it has been subscribed to change, you know, to the place. Well, what do you think that, what do you wish guys like Ray and I, and, and, and our audience, because I'm, I'm guessing we probably have most, uh, a predominantly white audience, mm -hmm. what do you wish we got about this? Because, like, you mentioned white, uh, white privilege, and I'm hearing computers clicking off right now. Because there are some who get really offended. Well, I think there's a misunderstanding of what that is. Um, but what do you wish that more people just understood or were able to somehow um, understand that they're not getting now? That when God created us, we, he created us equal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't create us a, a higher status quo than any other. Um, say, for instance, just because I have a job, it doesn't make me better than you. Yeah. Or if you have a job, it doesn't make you better than me. And we have to be able to understand that it's not about color because we all bleed the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, this is just the outside. Right. Mm -hmm. But it is about what's going on on the inside. You know, and being able to know that it's so important for us not to hate, but to love. Um, I was just, um, <clears throat> when I spoke the other day over there Sunday at Horseway Park, yeah. I, I spoke about it hurts me to have a parent teach their child hate, mm -hmm. you know, and then considering how far down that goes, because I believe it starts at home first, Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, um, it's hard for a child to go outside uh, uh, after being taught about love to hate, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and, and with that being, um, being taught in the homes, I consider the parents just don't understand. You know, it's hard to hate somebody when you actually sit down and talk with them. Right. 
-hmm. You know, you, you, you take the time, you put forth the effort to, to meet together, to find common ground, to find out, well, okay, well, let's, we can talk about the issues, but let's talk about solutions. Mm -hmm. What are we gonna do to show that we can change, that change can happen with God's help? And that, I think that's that's a huge reason why I continue to be on the uh, the liaison committee because it gives me that opportunity to become friends with my African American brothers and sisters and uh, you know and to become uh, you know the one time when they were going to have the voting they were remodeling the the uh, city council room and I'm like. First of all, why do you need to do that? That's a lot of money. But they were going to have the voting place be in the police department. Yes. And you know they had the meeting, and several people went and talked. And but you know, I don't know why more of the African American community didn't talk, but they had people that were willing to talk for them. And I, I was honored to be one of those people. And. Uh, I mean, and it changed. Sue Connolly came up with the perfect solution, which is do it down on the first floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's same place, it just a different floor, and it worked out just fine. Well, let's talk about uh, what's going on right now. We're talking about the, the death of George Floyd, uh, the, the execution, really, of, of George Floyd is how we've been putting it. Um, let's talk about how this is being misunderstood. Or, you know, with, right now there's... <coughs> Uh, there's been a lot of rioting, looting, whether in Minneapolis or D.C., uh, even here, Madison, Milwaukee. Um, fortunately, not here in Beloit. Um, <coughs> saying, hey, listen, um, why why would there be all of this stuff? If 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 we're talking about life and and the death of one man, then why would you choose to uh, be violent? There's a lot of people that don't understand what's the mindset behind this? It's anger. It's anger and oppression. Um, consider yourself uh, coming out of your door yeah. and having to consider being shot or killed every day. Or consider yourself being mistreated every day uh, as far back as you can remember. Or consider yourself uh, your mother or father have had to went through some ordeal just because of the color of their skin. And it has created a lot of anger. Yeah. You know, and it's built upon anger because it's been happening for so many years. And I always say, pressure busts a pipe. Yeah. And that anger has to go somewhere. Eventually, it's coming out, you know. And exactly um, because it continually happens. Yeah. You know, I'm not a violent person, but of course, uh, um, I could go that way, but I consider peace is better. Yeah. You know, being able to deal with it and work with it, but everybody don't see it too. You know, in, in teaching, we talk about some kids who, you know, um, why does this kid act this way? Why does this kid act this way? And, and a common phrase we use, hurt people, hurt people. And is that what we're seeing here? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And that's the only way that they feel that they can deal with it. Yeah. You know. And this isn't, what I think a lot of people don't understand, this isn't merely an incident. This isn't just the death of George Floyd. But there's a there's a narrative at work here that a lot of people aren't seeing. That, again, being in my, in my position, I don't think about 
being pulled over because of the color of my skin. I don't think about being mistreated by police. But um, this is just one instance in an overall narrative that stretches back hundreds and hundreds of years that this is, why did it take this long almost? You know? After so many murders, um, I thank God that it's finally, people are becoming more aware and yeah. having more understanding. But you know, the thing about it is, is once it just continually happens, something has to be done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and now that we have the unity of our counterparts of our white brothers and sisters and other races, and that helps to uh, make some change. Yeah. You know, but it's been so hard because we've been fighting for ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's been so hard. But you know, even with that, the narrative is with African Americans and races is they don't deserve anything. They deserve what they get. Yeah. You know, because they have set the status quo that African Americans are lazy, they steal, they do drugs. Yeah. And they have, a lot of people have a negative setting about African Americans. So they, the higher ups have done that. And even with our forefathers, they have done that and planted that seed and allow others to believe that. And it's just not true. So there are systemic issues, Definitely. not just little incidents, but these incidents re reflect back on a bigger problem. Definitely. Well, in a sense, it's a, a pandemic a, a, of its own. Exactly. Uh, I mean, spread out over hundreds of years, not in a few months. Yeah. You know, so having that fester as long as it has in our country and in the psyche of so many people, it is an uphill battle. And yet, it takes a brave person to, to go after that. And uh, I, I, it's crucial that, you know, it, it, somebody was saying it's the original sin of this country, and it's still here. Could you imagine um, day after day living in fear? What, what that could do to an individual. Yeah. I trust God, I don't live in fear, but I know a lot of others that do. You know, or could you imagine um, being so oppressed to the fact that if you just go into a job, you may have more qualifications than a white person, but you don't get the job just because of the color of your skin. Yeah. What that would make you feel like? What, what, what kind of thoughts would you have circulating around your mind? Yeah. It would definitely take your hope. And you, and, and, and the uh, protesters, the violent protesters, I said, something has to be done and we have to do something because they're not listening. Yeah. So what is that hope? What do you, let me ask it, put it this way. I, I, you know, I uh, introduced you to two of my kids this past Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got, we've got four African-American kids and they're looking at all this um, and they're not sure what to think. They're looking at the violence in the streets. They're looking at my, my eight-year-old asked me, why, why would that police officer do that? Why wouldn't he just get up? And he said, I can't breathe. So why would he, doesn't understand some of this. And so he's just now for the first time starting to grapple with what is reality. Um, so we, we're talking about hope. What is the hope I share with them? What, what, what's, the, what's the message I give to these boys? The hope is that things can change and will change. Uh, give them a bit of history, you know, even though as bad as it was, it still has changed some, yeah. you know, and continually allow them to trust in God, you know, 
that's what my trust is. Yeah. My, my, my trust is not in man or society. My trust is God. Yeah. And I know that he'll uh, bring the victory. So how do we bring the gospel into this? How do we bring um, our message of biblical redemption into this whole story? Just look at what Jesus went through. Mm -hmm. Jesus went for, for trying to do good for people. Yeah. Jesus got killed. Right? And trying to make changes for the people, we may even be killed. You know, it, it definitely uh, uh, excluded from the group, right? You know, but uh, uh, looking at what Jesus went through, but he got the victory out of it all. Yeah. Through his death. Yeah, the, way I, the way I see it, he broke down every wall that's ever been built. I mean, the, the main one in his day was between Jew and Gentile. Yeah. And he broke that down completely. And then, you know, the, the wall of separation between ourselves and God tumbling down and because we're all created in the image of God because Jesus died for everybody we have that hope of uh, change happening we can we can experience I mean it won't all change until until eternity but we can experience eternity now if we put forth the effort even with the uh, hope I have is because of how God changed my life yeah mm -hmm. From, from being in jail and prison and, and, and being sober now 15 years and being uh, uh, the drugs and alcohol and, and not being able to go back to that, being yeah. totally delivered from that. After uh, being suffering for so long and God brought me out of that and I know he'd do the same thing for this situation. Well, we've got, we're, we're, we're running short on time, but I did want to ask, um, what do you think should be the next step? For us encourage people to vote hmm. we have to because we uh, 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 the president has one position than legislators that's yeah the legislature is more important than the president mm -hmm. to me yes because that's where the laws are made right and it's a lot of systemic uh, uh, laws that's been made and that's why things continue to change out I was talking to one of the officers and they have what they call a bill of rights hmm. for uh, officers so officers are not prosecuted at a standard uh, as a regular citizen. But being able to get in there and change that law. Because what has to be done, an officer has to see himself as a citizen yeah. to do his job correctly. Not consider that he's so higher and look down on anyone mm -hmm. or judge anyone. Right. But look at him, being able to look at him equally. You know, to be, able to be the profession that he needs to be in the job. Yeah. To serve and protect. Right. You know. But voting is the answer. You know, uh, we need to vote because that's where the laws are made, and being able to change those laws, our lives will be better. Which means we actually have to pay attention and do a little investigating as to see which candidate is standing, which candidate is going to be bringing about this change, and where they actually stand, and not just voting, maybe just on party lines or voting the way I've always been, or right. I've actually got to do some research. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> we we keep coming back to that word in their talks on this uh, program, but we uh, I I've always said that people are just too lazy to do the work. Yeah. Whether whatever the subject is, whatever the thought process is, they don't want to go against what they've always been taught, mm -hmm. or they don't want to cause waves within their own group or their own tribe and. <laughs> 
the Bible's all about change. It is. Become more like Jesus. Yes. And how can you become more like Jesus if you're fostering something that causes hate? It's just not. So, Michael, are there any, we usually end, end our program talking about recommended resources. Are there any books or, or links that you would recommend people uh, look into and, and, and dig a little deeper in this topic? Well, there's one come to mind, and that's the letter of uh, Willie Lynch. Okay. Willie Lynch made a letter of making of a slave. Hmm. And, and, and it's a pretty uh, uh, graphic uh, a letter, and it goes on today. Hmm. How? It's about uh, allowing people to live in fear, you know? And allowing people not to be able to come together, but keep them divided, right. you know. And, and and that's a pretty good letter. And another by Tim Wise, um, Barack Obama in a rock in a hard place. Okay. And that's mm -hmm. a good book. Well, we'll have links to those on our website. And I hope that this this podcast serves as a conversation starter, because you might have heard some things you're going to be uncomfortable with, something maybe you disagree with, but consider. Pray about it, think about it, look up some of these resources, and talk about it. Not just, um, again, pontificate. Because it's easy to sit back in my armchair, watching this stuff on TV, and, and blathering on about what I think. But until I'm actually willing to talk to people who disagree with me, talk to people who don't look like me, talk to people who don't have the same background as me, uh, we're never going to understand any of this until we start talking. So I hope Absolutely. that we've been able to start this. And Michael, I hope we'll come back on the podcast sometime sure. and uh, continue this conversation. And I, I definitely want to come back to Rock County Christian School and then do some chapel services for us. Sure. And talk with us. So, Ray, thanks for being here again. Oh, as uh, always. <laughs> thank all of you for being here. And so don't forget, check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. We're going to have these links there on uh, that page. You can also read Ray's uh, rambling, not Ray's ramblings, but... Ray's a, a blog on uh, the book of Revelation on that website, and uh, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Basic Biblecast. So until next week, next week we are going to continue our series on <laughs> unquestioned answers. And two weeks from now, we cover chapter seven, I think yes. it was, mm -hmm. where we start talking about some of the social justice issues, where we actually disagree with a little bit about uh, where Myers is at, but uh, that's something to look forward to. I'd like to thank you all for having me. Well, thank you for coming. Yeah, we want you to come back. Okay. So, all right. So, have a great rest of your week.